If you have your Bible, we'll be looking at the book of St. John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. You'll recognize the story immediately. Let me just read it from the overhead. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Now that points out the whole group of the 12 disciples were not there. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship and immediately that night they caught nothing. That's a bad night. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes." Amen. Cast the net on the right side of the, of the ship. Um, that implies they were fishing on the wrong side. Now, it might have been the left side, but it, at any rate, it was absolutely the wrong side. I, I want to share some thoughts for a few moments with you. Where do I go from here in times like these? I preached this message at the Church of God of Prophecy down in Axon, uh, two or three weeks ago, whatever it's been. And at that time, I also sang that old song, um, In Times Like These. And since Aaron sang it Sunday night at the close of the service and did such a great job, I'll forego the singing uh, this morning. But the message today is, where do I go from here in times like these? Now, I'm sure we're all convinced that we are living in some very difficult times and some troubled times. And there are people that you and I know that have lived far enough back that they remember the Great Depression. If, if the Depression started in 1929, I believe it was, and someone who lived in that time would have to be 91 years old today. But I'm sure there are people who remember the Great Depression and the difficult times that were there. By the way, let me just read my little sticky note here to make an announcement. Um, I will also be ministering in tonight's 7 o'clock service, and I'm going to be sharing with you some thoughts on the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. I've often said to people, if you don't believe in the rapture, it's okay. It won't stop it from happening. It's, it's just going to happen anyway. Again, these are some difficult, dreadful times that we're living in. And while the world is in a frenzy, while the world seems to be upset, it's a shame and it's an indictment against the body of Christ when Christians seem to be so worried and so fearful. We need to walk in faith and confidence in God and no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. God is still God and God is still faithful and God is still in charge. The old saying is he's large 
and in charge. Amen. The born again believer should not walk in fear. But in this text, there is at least an inference there that the scriptures, they imply that uh, the disciples may have thought at that moment when Jesus left them or they parted in these verses that they may, they may have believed that they wouldn't see Jesus anymore at that time. We know the truth and the text read that they did see Jesus again the next morning. But it, it at least implies to me that they thought they wouldn't see him anymore because in verse 3, it, Peter said, I go a-fishing. And it's telling me that there's an upset in him. There's an upset in the disciples. Peter said, I'll go fishing. The disciples said, I'll go with you. The few disciples that were there, I'll, I'll go with you. They're, they're implying here that I'm not going to see Jesus anymore. I'm not going to have my mentor anymore. I'm not going to have my spiritual leader anymore. So I'll just go back to the things I was doing before Jesus came into my life before Jesus came along. Remember, they've been with Jesus for three and a half years now. They've been there and, and they have heard his teaching. They've seen his miracles. They've heard him declare the kingdom of God. You would think that there was enough instilled into them that when this time came, instead of saying, I'll go a fishing, they should have said, uh, I'll, I'll go somewhere and witness to somebody. I'll go somewhere and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, like I said, their, their mentor was gone. Times are changing. And as time changed for the disciples on that occasion, they decided to go back to their, their old ways. Their, not their old sinful ways, but their old vocation. Um, if we're not careful in the day that we're living in and the trauma that's in our society now in America and across the world, if we're not careful, we will become so discouraged and so disillusioned in our faith because after all, Christians are dying with COVID. And there's a lot going on. There's a lot of difficulty happening in our day. But as Christians, again, I said this, I want to say it again. We need not to walk and to operate in fear. We need to have our faith deeply anchored and settled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Where do I go from here in times like these? How many of you, uh, dear ladies, hundreds of you out there this morning that remember Jim Reeves? You remember Jim Reeves, Donna? Con country singer, got killed in a uh, plane crash in 1964. Uh, the, the mellow golden voice of, of Jim Reeves. He recorded a song that goes something like this. This is about three portions of it. Where do I go from here? What fate is drawing near? Touch my heart and guide my lips in prayer. Through the grace of God alone, I'll cast aside these fears I've known and lift myself from the depths of deep despair. Lead me through the darkness and through each gloomy day. Take my hand, O precious Lord, and help me on my way. There's a couple of other stanzas of that, but we'll just move right on. You can, you can pull that up on YouTube and have Jim Reeves saying, where do I go from here? The Lord has left us his word 
and left us his promises that like much of the rest of the world, we don't have to walk in the fear that they're walking in. Familiar verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Panic and fear is the direction that Satan wants us to take. Fear is Satan's big guns. Some of you, uh, you I, I say that like there's a thousand of you, but you've heard me testify to car wreck that I was in back in July of 1973, pronounced dead before they took me out of the truck and, and, and broken up pretty badly. And um, I'm, I'm suffering long residual effects of that today. In fact, I had an appointment for Friday. I had to um, cancel temporarily. Uh, someone came to me while I was still in the hospital and they asked me, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Listen, fear is Satan's big gun. And if he can just get you to fear, then you have and I have just stepped outside of the principles and the teachings of the Word of God. We ought not move into fear based on the world's track record of bad things happening to them. We ought to move into faith and confidence in God because He's promised us in His Word that He would be with us always, even unto the ends of the earth. And again, He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 1 John 4 and 18 there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth, listen to this, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Perfect love cast out fear. When I'm walking in a perfect love and a union and a relationship, with the Lord Jesus Christ, I ought not be walking around in fear as to what I think might come upon me. Hallelujah. We're talking about where do I go from here? Well, the first thing I do is I go to the Lord and I ingest His Word, if that's a good way to say it. I ingest His Word and I build His Word in my heart. Remember we talked about just briefly Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Let me, let me hit these three verses here. 11 chapter, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. You've heard this all of your Christian experience. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In with those scriptures demands a decision. 
how closely we're going to walk with the Lord in difficult times. He said, come unto me. We make a decision. Are we coming unto him or are we going to go to the uh, cabinet and get the, the medicines and pour down the medicines that maybe give us a little comfort? Nothing wrong with taking medicine, but are we going to make Jesus the higher one? Are we going to make Jesus the Lord of our lives? Where do I go from here? I, I go to the word. Psalms 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I go to the word. The word is true. The word is forever settled in heaven. The word is what God watches over to perform it. The late George Washington said it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Without God and the Bible. Oh, Lord, may the church return to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where do I go? I go to my faith. And I let faith arise. And I let faith dictate to me how I'm going to respond to the difficulties of this world. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't you know you can trust him? Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith sees the unseen. Faith sees through the eye of the Spirit the things that I can't see with my natural eye. Because if I listen to natural things and fleshly things and devilish things, then my natural thinking in my natural eye is going to see the negative and, and the things that are difficult, going to cause worry and anxiety and fear. But faith and confidence in God sees what the natural eye can't see and the natural mind cannot comprehend, but the spiritual eye and the spiritual mind can get a hold of the things of God and we can walk in victory. Hallelujah. Faith perceives what the natural mind cannot. Hebrews 10 35, cast not away your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. No matter what happens, keep your confidence in God. No matter what happens, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm serious. We Christians have too much of a propensity to look at the negative and look at the bad things and the difficult things and wonder what's going to happen to us in regard to those things. Why don't we just wonder what God's going to do next? Because he has, a, oh, I, I got to tell you this. Anita and I were at Hungry Howie's. It was Hungry Tom, but we were at Hungry Howie's um, Saturday evening late. And there was a lady in there that uh, she had an embossed T-shirt, and this is what it said. If you have a pulse, God has a plan. And I like that. No matter what's going on, if you and I have a pulse, God has a plan for our lives. 
Do we remind ourselves that God has a plan for us? Do we tell ourselves often that God's plan is perfect and he, and he works his plans for our good? I know the thoughts that I think toward you to bless you, to prosper you, and to give you an expected end. Do we remind ourselves of what God says or do we remind ourselves of what the negative implies? Where do I go? I go to the cross. I go to the cross. Everything that we have need of, every good and perfect desire of our heart is provided to us by the cross. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. I know you know this, but listen to this. The theme of the entire Bible, not just a little bit of it, not a few verses here and there, but the theme, not every verse, the theme of the entire Bible, Genesis 1 through Revelation 22, the theme of the entire Bible is Jesus Christ and the cross. That's it. You, you cannot get away from the sacrifice of Christ because even the Old Testament sacrifices that are placed on the altar, those sacrificial lambs represent Christ and the altar represents the cross. It's all the way through the Bible. Hallelujah. Jimmy Swaggart says the Holy Spirit works exclusively within the parameters of the cross. So when I'm suffering difficulty... When I'm going through bad times, I go to the cross, for the cross provides more than salvation. The cross provides my victory to walk in. Jesus died not only for my salvation, but for anything that could come up to me and against me. He purchased the victory for all of those things by the cross. We have salvation because of the cross, do we not? We have redemption. There's a word in Pentecostal ranks you don't hear much of anymore, redemption. Most people in an earlier generation uh, or the later generations, I'll say, they don't know anything about redemption. They've never heard of it. They don't know anything about sanctification or justification, but they are all purchased by the cross. Amen. The Holy Ghost has come to us as a result of the cross. The hope that we have in Christ is a result of the cross. Where do I go? In times like these, I go to prayer. Hmm. You'd be surprised how many people just don't pray. Of course, that, that's, that's none of us here. But there are a whole lot of people who do not pray, think they don't have time to pray. I don't have time to not pray. I have to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. You've heard this and we know this. We know that we don't have time to continually, all the time, be on our knees in a state of prayer. But our hearts have to continually petition God. Prayer is fellowship with God. He is the one that can provide all of the answers. I like this. Prayer is access to God. Hmm. 
Now, I've been in the governor's office. When Sonny Perdue was governor, and y'all remember when Pilgrim shut down here, and I was on the county commission at the time, the morning after that announcement was made, uh, myself and quite a few people, an entourage from the city of Douglas and Coffee County and surrounding areas, there was about 30 of us. We were in the governor's office uh, petitioning help. So I had access to the governor. That's a wonderful thing. But prayer is access to God. Hallelujah. Prayer is petitioning the most high God. I have talked to the governor. But one better than that, I talked to God this morning. Hallelujah. Pat, I'll talk to him the rest of the day. He'll ride in the truck with me. He's so daring to do that. I will talk to God. Prayer is access to God. Prayer is petitioning the Most High God. You and I can talk to the builder and creator of the entire universe. Hmm. Hallelujah. The foundation of the model prayer covers everything. We call that the Lord's Prayer in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the model prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray. There's an old song, and, you, and you'll recognize these words. Many are the heartaches that will come to you. Put your trust in Jesus. He will see you through. Never will you find a friend so kind and true. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I go to the mountain. Inasmuch as Moses went to the mountain to get alone and get away from the crowd and get alone with God, I think we have that same opportunity and maybe that same responsibility to go to the mountain, any place where we can get alone with God. Anita and I pray together every morning as she leaves for work. And then after she has gone, that's when I have my alone time with God. And I'm going to tell you, it's important to go to the mountain. Remember that old song, I Go to the Rock? Well, that's what we do. We go to the rock. We go to the mountain. I find a place to get alone with God. Jesus once taught his disciples in the book of Mark to come aside. And my thinking is if we don't come aside, once in a while we'll come apart. Hmm. Don't want to come apart. It's at the time that we spend alone with God in the mountain or at the rock or at the altar or at home or in the shower. Some of my best praying is in the shower or driving down the road in my truck. My truck and I have seen some revivals over the 12 years I've driven it. Amen. When we go to God in prayer, very often he speaks. And every time he speaks, we can trust what he says. So much more could be said, but I won't take up all of your time. Let me just briefly give you some of the words of that song we just mentioned. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. 
I go to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When all around me is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is God good? Is God good? I'm going to cut it off here pretty quickly. I got another about 14 pages of outline, but I'll cut it off. Always makes you nervous when a preacher gets up and says he has an 18-page outline and preaches for 30 minutes and says page 3. Mm. Where do I go? I guard my thoughts. I think good things. Philippians 4, 8, you know this verse. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Don't think thoughts of helplessness. Don't think thoughts of hopelessness. Don't think thoughts of despair and defeat. Think on the good things, the good things of God. You know the story, Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas thought good things. They had been beaten. They were bleeding. But they said, let's worship. Let's worship. Don't ever fail to worship. Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. Psalms 34, 16 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually, all the time. In the good times, the bad times, in the middle, over on the fringes, it doesn't matter continually at all times. I hope you've heard a word of encouragement. I hope you've heard something that you can take home with you and be blessed for the rest of the day and rest of your life until Jesus comes. And we're going to talk about Jesus coming tonight. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power of God. Bless us today. Keep us in your will. Keep us in the power, the anointing of the Spirit of God. And bless us and keep us safe from all harm and danger. Again, Lord, we pray for those that are bereaved and those that are sick, those that need a miracle in their lives. And we pray for protection upon Pastor and Crystal, Lord, as they come home this evening. We give you glorious praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.